start recording. Here we go. Yep. Roll okay, we'll see. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what this uh, what this is about. So, you know what what goes on here? Uh, well, so Eric and I we started this podcast um, to like talk art shit because, like, you know, whenever I go to like, you know, Giant Robot back when I lived near um, Giant Robot, like we, I would just hang out for hours, like hours. I'd be there like from like two till 6 p.m. And Eric and I would just sit back and just talk shit all wow. the entire freaking time. Yep. Couldn't stop. <laughs> Couldn't stop us. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever, whenever I go to Giant Robot, he ignores me. <laughs> well, that's because I, 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 because I, I, I make like, I, I'll look at the art and I'm like, oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and, um, and, you know, not real. I mean, like, I, I would, I would only say it in the most, the nicest way possible. And then we would talk shit and like, and then we'll talk about art and then we'll look at the book, like whatever crap he has on for sale. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? What another fucking this? Oh, this guy's doing another what? And, you know, and then like the, the banter was just <laughs> and, no, and then we no. figure out what's, and then occasionally when something's wrong, we'll figure out what's wrong with this painting. More Eric more right? so than I, I like, like, like I mean, cause they're every painting. I mean, no painting's perfect, but you know sometimes something's wrong with something that we think we're just like I think I'm like I think something's wrong with this perspective wise or yeah. color choice or something, and then we have a discussion which actually I learned a lot from right discussing art is how do you discuss art right that's kind of like not it's not the easiest to do so having right. an art discussion with an artist and usually it's not subject matter but sometimes it is Luke will break down the subject in an instant <laughs> but but in terms of like technique things um it's really fun to talk about like what could be different mm-hmm. maybe you know to make the if we think that makes the painting better so that's we we used to do that and uh, there was more yeah. but that's how the podcast started but then again like you said coronavirus coronavirus taking the fu- the wind out of our wings and because like i i like I, I still believe that like it's. I mean, like Zoom's fine and everything, and everyone. It's like you know, it's the it's 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 twenty twenty one. It's twenty twenty. Like this is the how the way we do things now. But it's still better when you're face to face. You know, like did you guys yeah. used to do it together in the same uh, it, at, um, yep. at, at Giant Robot? Yep. Or, no, or we, yeah, or my house or something like that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. And and we would like you know film it and like stream it and chat and it was a lot of fun that way. And I still like you know I think maybe in a couple weeks I know I would be fine with it because then I'll be at peak immunity. But you know, but like you know, that's, I I also have to be respectful of Eric, you know, and um charlotte and you know all these other people you know and like you know letting people in to eric's place i don't know how eric yeah you know comfortable with that probably not yeah weirdos a little bit of weirdos a little bit of weirdos anyway but so here we are we're back i think this is the is this the second podcast of 2021 i think it's the second one i think it's the second one what that's was the first what was the uh, i think we just it was just you and me right last i maybe i'm not sure i can't even remember anymore yeah yeah, you know, yeah. people yeah. just like drop, dropping in every now and then no 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 we don't do that Invite <laughs> this this is this is organized this is serious be, though yeah you are asked to be here so it's a little different 
right. It's not like a free-for-all, like, just jump in, stranger, you know? You hacker from China? No. 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 Absolutely not. Anyway. Well, you know what? You know what I think is really cool is, is uh, you know, just like what Luke was talking about, like, you know, coming over and just kind of chatting with you, you know, it became almost like, you know, it'd be cool to see Giant Robot become more of like a meeting ground. You know, um, you know, just a bunch of artists where you could just hang out and talk and things like that. You know, well, you know that's been going on for a long time. You just never came. <laughs> I guess I was just never invited. <laughs> There's no, no invitation. I you just come in. Yeah, I think. I think after, no, like, like after, absolutely. Um, <laughs> After your shows are done, that's when you, you know, there's just a bunch of artists hanging out. It's pretty cool. You see those, like you see those benches that are usually line the gallery? Like, you just need to, like, take initiative and plant your ass on the fucking bench. Sometimes the art show keeps going for another hour with the door shut. Oh, yeah. You know? I think, I think you know, in the wintertime, it's no longer anymore. But, you know, having yourself a little, you know, fire fire pit out in front. Or, or inside. Yeah. For that matter, <laughs> for inside, inside. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, so yeah, welcome to the stream, everybody. Robot and the Bear, number sixty-six. Special six, six. guest. I believe this is six 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 six. Six. I think oh. so. And this is a special guest, Nathan Ota, with the cap that has a an O. Oh. An O, o for on Oda. it. Ooh, O for oh. Oda. I I don't know what else that would be. Um, I, I in kanji, it could be uh, mouth. That could mean mouth. Yeah, that could be mouth. <laughs> You know, literally could be mouth. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's the kanji. So I'm not sure. Anyways, uh, welcome to the stream. And thanks for joining us, man. Um, and you've got a show right now up at GR2. Yep. Yep. First art you've made, I guess, first paintings you've made in a little while. Years, it feels like. You know, it's been, it's been a long well, road. Seven years. In seven years since I had a group of uh, or a body of work, you know, for a show. Wow. Right. So the last wow. the last time I did it was with Andrew Hamm at um, uh, you know KP Projects. Oh wow! Oh, wow! wow. And how nice. how far you have fallen? <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, is there any way you can lower the your camera just a little bit? By the way, you know, is that better? That is a little bit better. Yeah, you know, I just didn't like you know like yeah you're you were going lower and lower, <laughs> lower and lower like and lower. yeah you you're doing a Kilroy or whatever but yeah <laughs> wow well, well you know, I know you're, you're like Mary Mary's like cool like that she's the kind of like gallerist that like you know if you, if you guys have, it seems like if you've worked together or if you you know um, like she'll like you know still like you know keep no, good, like thing good ties. The joke part of it was that the fact that you showed with Andrew Hamm and now you're showing with two of your students, which is kind of amazing. That's that's the amazing, like, big change to me. And the fact was the show. I, I, I'll tell you what, as much as I love Giant Robot, you know, and I love showing there, you know, I love the, the group shows and all that stuff. And I love, you know, hanging out with you, you know, Eric. But, you know, ultimately it wasn't in my plans. You know, I was still just kind of in this little gray area, you know, within those seven years, you know. And uh, I, I wouldn't have done it unless that, you know, you know, my ex-student, you know, asked me to do it, you know. Um, oh. So, it, you know, I always. So Nathan, her. Nathan wasn't even invited. <laughs> I owe it to her for getting off my ass. You know, I mean, <laughs> other than that, it was, you know, it was a hard start. You know, it was really hard to get started on it. And, uh, you know, but once I started getting into the groove, everything started getting, you know, everything was starting to have fun. You know, mm. does this mean you're going to. All those feelings came back again, you know, from like that anticipation of having a show and, you know, is Eric going to have like food outside and everything, uh, and, 
you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, you know, so it, you know, it, 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 like I said, it was never in the plans of having a show, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know what was going on, but uh, yeah, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Yumi, I probably would just been out in limbo still. And the other artist in the show was Yumi Yamazaki, one of your students, and uh, her boyfriend, who was also your student, Bo Miles. Yeah. Kind of amazing. They just graduated, what, like a year or two ago? Like two years ago, something like yeah. that. Yeah. I just know that I just know that from a pretty early point, um, it seemed like you were almost like you were you were senpai. You were the teacher, but you were a senpai for Yumi, it seemed like. I mean, not in a weird anime sense, but it seemed like you were really proud of her as a student. And uh, I don't I didn't see you do that much with any other student. It seemed like you were very proud of her and her work. Um, yeah, I was always pushing her, yeah. remember? You know, yeah. every time we spoke, you know, I mean you know, when I see, when I see some really good talent, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I tell them, you know, you got to get your foot in the door somehow, you know, and, and one way is, you know, use the resources you have, you know, because otherwise, you know, maybe, you know, you, Eric can answer that question. You know, it's like, you're, you, you probably get, you know, bombarded just with thousands and thousands of emails of, you know, people showing their work, you know, show me, show me, show me, you know, how do you, at what point do you like, you know, is it, is it, you know, that, maybe that's the question I should ask you. I mean, is it a question of you looking at it and going like, whoa, this is different, you know? Or, I mean, how does that process work with you? Because we hear so many stories about art directors that oh, first, know, you get tons of postcards and they just they just go right into the trash can. Yeah. You know? So first off, I guess I want to bring up that uh, Nathan is a teacher, uh, art, art teacher at um, Otis, uh, Otis College? No, Otis, how do you say it? Otis School of... Dis <laughs> No way. Otis College of Art and Design. Okay, Otis College of Art and Design, which is near LAX, um, the airport. Uh, art school been around for a long time, and then uh, you also teach at Santa Monica Junior College, and you teach the same subject, I guess, art, right? Art in yeah. both of them, or painting in both of them. Uh, so I just want to start with that. So you have a lot of students, and um, basically what they do is the uh, same kind of thing. They might send me an email. They might send me an Instagram, but it's not as often as you think. I've had more in the past uh, inquiries, but most of the time uh, the inquiries are from people that are nearly raw beginners, unfortunately. Like they're not ready and by any means, and they want to know how to show like tomorrow, you know? And uh, that's kind of what I get most of the time. Very little of the time is it somebody that I'd be interested in showing. Most of the time it's, yeah, it's not. So unfortunately- what is, what would it most of it just be about just asking, inviting? Me asking or them asking? Which, you which asking. Oh, for me, I'm asking most of the time, yeah. And usually it's not somebody who dropped off a portfolio or showing me a postcard. or That's one in a hundred, maybe? One in a well, hundred. I remember before I knew you that, you know, um, you know it was that giant robot, uh, robot painting thing. You know, and Karen was just like, why don't you ask oh, Nathan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, he's too busy. You yeah. Know? It's just like, no, ask him. You know, yeah. it's like all that all it takes is just an ask, you know? Yeah. Oh no, no. I mean I'll ask artists, but I'm talking about uh new artists, someone I've never worked with. Look yeah. at this beautiful relationship we have now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, you guys. Yeah. Looking at you guys. Aww. Beautiful. Oh. Did you know um so one thing interesting, Luke, is that uh if I went to the high school I was supposed to go to, Nathan and I probably would have been good friends, is my guess. Mm. We would have been the same year. He is friends with other people that I was friends with 
Um, and they actually came to the art show where I was like, oh, I haven't seen this person in many years. I only see them when Nathan shows. So Nathan, ironically, you're not friends with any, well, not, is it ironic? Maybe it's not ironic, but you're not friends with any of the guys. You're friends with all the girls still. That's interesting. Hey, we had this conversation before. Not on, not on, not and, live. And not live. What's going on here? What's going on here? Like, and it's true, true, right? Because uh, any guy I mentioned, you don't even guys, remember. All the guys that I was friends with were on the uh, riskier side. You know, they weren't on the west side. They were all on the south side. But but the girls were on the west side or are on the west side. Where's the risky girls at? There's none. It's all the. I don't think, I don't think there were any. Most of them were from the west side. Oh, okay. There you go. Anyway, like, you know, keep, in, keep in mind, risky girls. Yeah. <laughs> These risky guys. That sounds scary and sketchy. But all right. Anyways, it's I, weird though that they come to the art show and I'm like. You've been out of high school for a very long time, and you're still friends with them, which is amazing. They actually come. Of course, they bring their kids and all that stuff. They don't bring their. They didn't bring their husbands, which is also interesting. Oh, one did. You're right. One. Oh, their one husbands of them did. were. Their husbands were there. They were just kind of like lingering in the background. Oh, okay. Well, keep an eye out. I got you. <laughs> anyway, so so let's get back to art. Do you think you're gonna? Continue painting? Like, are you gonna get back to this, or is this like a, you know, a turtle head, and then you're a turtle? <laughs> Turtle head. Yeah, are you turtle heading? Is this bobbing up for uh, for a little air and then kind oh, of the up and down? Man, I get it. I get it. Um, I'm always going to paint. It's just a matter of if I'm going to show or not. You know, regardless regardless of if I'm in a show or not, um, that's something that's always going to happen. I think right now it's just uh, uh, you know hitting sort of this this little point where I feel I feel like you know nothing really you know fun is coming out of anything that I'm, I'm drawing right now so you know that's the battle that I think every artist has right Luke I'm sure you, you know you you experience the same thing right we all hit a wall at some point sure. you know and uh you know you, you want to just you know I don't know I mean maybe maybe I need to call it like the world's biggest artist block I don't know mm. you know <clears throat> but writers writers you know have it you know writers block and everything it's, it's just there comes a point where you feel like you know you know what's what's on the other side you know and i don't know so, yet so oh wow fun that's the fun thing right <clears throat> but that was the fun thing about it's also your the show. scary side it's also kind of scary if if you're like completely dependent on your artwork to pay your bills and everything like that like right you know but um, yeah that sounds that does sound hairy but i guess you being a teacher allows you to kind of not have to worry about art uh, painting art as your you know to to pay your rent and whatnot yeah right. if it if it if you did i guess you'd be forcing paintings out that'd be a tough one <laughs> well you'd be forcing paintings out but you still got to sell them yeah right yeah so how do you how do you stay how do you stay you know um important you know in this this crazy field of art you know how do you how do you stay you know relevant right that's the big question that everybody's going to have as artists uh, that is a tough that's, question. that's the question that I have with every art art, you know, artist I talk to, you know, it's mm -hmm. just like, how do you stay relevant? You know, so you're not the, you know, one and done, you know, type of artist, right? You want to be, you, you want to have longevity, you don't want, you know, to have the one hit wonder, right? Right. I think you, you just have to keep producing, though, don't you think? I'm not sure what the answer is, but I would think you need to keep producing like that. That would be kind of important is keeping, you know, keep keeping your name out there. 
I'm, I'm not sure though. Like then it might not make you happy. I'm not, you know, that might be the problem with that. Well, I think, I mean, you know, I, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how, um, you know, Luke's upbringing was, you know, with the arts, you know, but I, I mean, for me, it was commercial art, you know, and I was a, I was an illustrator for, you know, um, close to, you know, uh, 10 years. Um, and so all my work being out there, you know, in magazines and newspapers and things like that, that was my stepping stone. You know, it's not to say that I had a certain kind of voice, you know, or style or anything like that. It's just the art directors, you know, that hired me, they moved on to other things, you know? So one art director moved on to being a gallery owner, you know, um, because he just got tired of being an, um, an art director for an advertising firm. So he opened up a gallery and that was called DVA Gallery. You guys remember that gallery? I do. I Chicago. Do. So he was a, he, he, he used to get all my um, um, promo cards when I was an illustrator, but he just never knew how to use me, but he loved the work personally. Uh, so when he when he left and opened up his own gallery, I was you know one of the first people he called and said like, you want to do a show, and that was sort of like the rebirth, you know, to 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 my art, you know, wow. because, uh, you know, I, you know, I've shown at La Luz de Jesus, <laughs> you know, and I've had about two or three shows there, you know, one of them was actually with Shag, if you remember, you know, <laughs> that was like wow. one of his first shows actually when I showed there, wow. you know, and he just. <laughs> Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it, you know, for me, it was just like I, I didn't see the relevance of working for months and months and months on these paintings and selling like two paintings. You know, it just really frustrated me. So I just stuck with doing illustration. Um, but then once, you know, I started teaching, I just gave up everything and I just focused on teaching, you know, um, and then I started finding just the love of just painting and drawing for, on, on my own. You know, and then all of a sudden that email comes from DVA Gallery. He's just like, hey, are you still doing art? And I'm like, yeah. You know, and he's like, you want to do a show? I'm like, yeah. And then that was like sort of this rebirth, you know, and I was just like, you know what? This is where I'm going to do it, you know, and I'm going to prove to everybody out there like, hey, you know, here I am, you know, um, and that was enough incentive for me to just. Work what year was that? 2006. Oh, OK. Wasn't it? I mean, it's a while ago, but not that long ago. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but the thing is, is through the teaching, you know, through teaching, um, there's been so many artists that, that you know, I, I you know, um, um, had the privilege of, of teaching, you know, or being their instructor. And they just started to just skyrocket, you know, in the gallery scene, you know. Um, and I was in the gallery scene before the gallery scene was popular. Right. But then all of a sudden this this boom happened and like everybody was like showing in galleries. And, you know, unfortunately, that was the time that I, I um, you know, started teaching. But I noticed also like um, when editorial illustration kind of died out, you know, um, because of, you know, uh, um, you know, online. Uh, what's that called again? Um, Internet. <laughs> blogs. Um, Stock, 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 stock illustration. You know, <laughs> okay. When stock illustration came into play, it killed, it killed, you know, you know, commercial art, you know, because now companies, all they have to do is go on web, one website and just pick this generic art, you know? So, you know, that happened and it was crazy, you know? Um, but then all of a sudden galleries started to emerge and like everybody was like showing, you know, and they started getting really popular and, and it's just kind of like, wow. You know, and then DVA happened, you know, along with that, that you know, um, boom. And I showed and I ended up selling out and I was just like, awesome. 
you know? Um, and all of a sudden I just found this refound love, you know, because it was just like painting for yourself, man. How cool is that? You know? Um, but because of that DVA show, <clears throat> all the galleries that, you know, show that kind of work all of a sudden started emailing me, you know? Um, and I ended up going back to La Luce just because Billy Shire, you know, sent me a personal email and said, congratulations. And I was like, I got an email from Billy Shire, you know, um, and it surprised me. And then, so, you know, it's also loyalty, you know, he's the one who gave me my first shot when I got out of school, you know, so I went right back to him, you know, and, and I've been showing there ever since, you know, and the funny thing is, is when I left La Luce, you know, <clears throat> that's when um, KP Projects called me and said, like, I heard you, you left. And I'm like, what? You know, I was like, <laughs> I didn't know, you know? Um, and she's like, I've always liked your work and I've always wanted you to show here. So, you know, you know, Billy's my friend, so I'll never, you know, you know, step, step out of bounds and, you know, contacting you. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, and, and I, and I told her the truth. I was like, look, I was loyal to, you know, to Billy. And quite honestly, I probably wouldn't even though it would kill me inside because I always wanted to show there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when she did contact me, I was just going like, are you serious? I didn't think you, you knew I existed, you know? Um, but she's just like, I've been watching you, but I know that you're close to Billy. And I was just like, oh my God, you know? And that's why I had that show there, you know? Yeah, yeah but, I, but long story short, that DBA show, that kept me busy all the way until, um, you know, the KP Project show. And I just felt so burnt out after that, you know, that I just needed to just break, you know. Was it just the art or was it like other other factors that made you not want to like, you know, just kind of not do art for a while? Art. It was just art. You know, I did I did like one solo a year and like like three or four different group shows. You know, um, sometimes I would have two solos, you know, a year, you know, and then I hooked up with Risk you know, Risky. And then next thing you know, I would have my own solo show and I would have a solo show with Risky and then all these group shows. It just got really crazy. So for those of you that don't know, I guess at home or listening, Nathan Ota uh, used to do graffiti, right? Back in the day. And you were part of uh, a crew with Risk, world famous Risk, right? Um, what was the crew name? I'm sorry. I don't want to say the wrong one. Oh yeah, WCA. I almost said the other one, but okay, WCA. Uh, let, I don't, one of the, it's like one of the TV channel ones anyway. So I, K2S, no, uh, CBS. I kept thinking, I always CBS. think, I, yeah, but yeah, WCA West coast artist and risk is like a super legend third rail, right? Third rail clothing is what he ended up doing and more art. And he was on an episode of, uh, storage wars or something, or one of those things. Was it storage wars? No, no, no. Was he on storage wars? No, no. Uh, pawn stars. Or someone found something. someone found one of his originals or something like that. Was that? Yeah, and he he authenticated that? it. Yeah, he authentic and authentic authenticated a piece of art. Yeah, that was his. Yeah, something like that. But anyways, yeah. So Nathan Ota is a graffiti artist, basically. And long ago, I guess you don't do graffiti right now, but it kind of shows up in your work a little bit, in my opinion. Right. Actually, but, yeah, there's still there's still elements in there. Yeah, yeah for sure. No. Speaking of risk, you also did a couple of collaborative pieces or like some pieces that he had, you know, also like had a hand in for the show right. Gen Robot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A while back, I had all these like wood panels. Um, I remember it clearly because I was in school, you know, at Otis and um, a student had all this leftover wood and I was looking at it. I'm like, this is good panels, you know. 
And um, I sent one of the students to the wood shop and I said, can you cut off like little sections of it? You know? Um, oh, wow. And, and I just remember, I just, you know, I was um, doing, a, a, you know, one of those little hangouts at Risky Studio and, and I just laid them out on the table and I was like, do your thing on this. I'm going to paint on it, mm-hmm. you know? And they just been sitting in my studio for like the longest time, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the show happened with, with Eric and I'm like, all right, let's bring them out. This they is- look good. The color pieces are beautiful. This is the calling for it, you know? Yeah. So I'll do you get you. a lot? There's oh so yeah, go for it. Oh, let's see. Look at this clean wall of Nathan's with a bunch of paper bags. Are those from GR? They look like GR paper bags in the background. They are paper bags. No, I don't know, but uh, no, there's a horizontal uh, logo. There's a horizontal logo, so it's not. The vape shop. Oh, the vape shop? Okay. <laughs> you know what? Look what's inside. Oh, I don't you have to show me. Oh, okay. Uh, I, th- I thought you were going to pull out a Tenga or something. All right, cool. Your pins. All right. You were, you were kind of close, right? Tenga? Okay. You got a Tenga pin yet, Eric? Tenga? You mean in use? <laughs> Have you made a pin of them? Have you made a, pin? a Tenga? Yeah. Well, just, you mean like an egg? Oh, no, no, no. The, the, the cylindrical one. I don't even know what that looks like, but I... I can send you pics. Uh, it's okay. I could find it. <laughs> Tenga, isn't that like a male uh, thing? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe you're pulling one out of the bag. I was a little afraid, but it's all good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. So what what are what are these things like? The cutout is that like a stencil or something? That little, it looks like Antarctica or something. That little splotch. It's I. It's just just splats. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But you can see how how mad it is, right? Yeah. So I yeah. coated it. I coated it with matte medium because I can't paint on top of the aerosol just because it's too slippery. Right. right? So uh-huh. which is just like oil and water, it'll just release. So I put a coat of matte medium on it. But then if you saw the originals, you can see how like <clears throat> you know saturated and and shiny they are, right? Yeah. So all you it just automatically brought out the colors. Yeah. Once I once that's I crazy. Put, once I put a shellac back on, all the colors come right back out. But you can't even tell this glitter. I'm sorry, metal flakes. Oh, no, no, no. You're not supposed to say glitter and you said it. <laughs> metal, metal flakes all over this. But automotive know. automotive grade metal flakes. Yeah, but you can see the uh, metal yeah. coming out. You know? oh, that's really crazy. This one you can Th- see. You can see this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. So this one This one isn't um, uh, matte medium, but this one is. So you can see the difference right away. Oh, uh, wow. God, oh, matte medium matte, does. That one, uh, you're going to matte the glossier one uh, before you work on it, or are you going to? Um, like just leave it like that and hang it on the wall. Uh, no, I'm gonna probably paint on it. Yeah, do you think you're well? But so you, uh, so in order to paint on, it, you have to mat it out. Yeah. So you can just imagine sometimes uh, um, the paintings that Risky and I do. Um, sometimes they're about six feet by eight feet. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have to just pull out the big bottle of matte medium and you know pour it in there with a roller and roll over the whole thing. Oh, wow. You know, because oh. there's no way that I can paint on top of it. Yeah, I remember do, seeing, I think, a collaborative, uh, a couple of, like, uh, collaboration uh, collaboration pieces that you guys have done together. Yeah, this is one of my favorites. I have a print of it. Was that, it was that Corey Helford, maybe, right? Yeah. So this yeah. is a, this is, this is a, a, a printout, but this is one of them that we did. That's cool. Whoa. Nice. So. Oh, crazy. That's great. Oh, that one's good. Awesome. One of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. How big was the original of that? That one was uh, 
I would say maybe six feet by three feet. Oh, wow. Okay. Much bigger than that. Yeah. Um, but remember the one that went in the Janum show? Um, the, the, the two paneled one. Right. That one was like eight feet by six feet. I think that, was that big. Yeah. That I don't remember. Was... I don't remember being that big, but that's cool. It was in your, right it was in your van. Yeah. We had to ship. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. That was big. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, I've done even bigger ones, you know, for them, but you know, mm. usually it's just a little section that I have to paint, you know, but uh, it's, it's fun for me. I think when I started getting burnt out, <clears throat> that's when um, I started collaborating with risk and, the, and, and things just got exciting again. You know, mm. so I think every artist has to go through that, you know, themselves, you know, of just, just kind of changing things up a little bit, you know? Mm. So that was, for me, that was a blessing you know, to, you know, um, get back and, you know, touch bases again with risk. Cause, uh, for me, you know, we used to hang out all the time in high school, you know, and then after high school, that was it, you know, it wasn't because of hard feelings. It's just, he went his way and I went to, you know, art school, you know, and he went to USC and we just never really kept in touch, you know? Um, and then it was just through, you know, the artist scene, you know, that people got me to, you know, contact him again. I mean, I was, I was at Jeff Soto's studio and then Jeff Soto was just looking at me. He's just like, Hey, I'm, I just did this piece, you know, or I'm working on a piece and Risky's there, you know? And he's just like, weren't you friends with him? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, why don't you call him? And I'm like, man, it's been like two decades, dude. I don't know if that's, it's kind of weird. Right. And, and, and I remember Jeff Soto literally got on the computer and just like, and then he got a piece of paper and wrote it down and he goes, here's his email. And he's like, dude, contact him, you know? Um, wow. And, and I did. And next thing you know, like the response I got, you know, immediately through the internet and then risky is just like, give me your number. Let's meet, you know, just, just that was just, just simple as that. And, you know, I met, went to a studio and we just talked all day, you know, and he's just like, dude, let's do something. And I'm like, yeah, let's do something, you know? And that was the beginning of the, the collaboration years, you know, um, and it started with Hurley, you know, so when, when, um, when I was doing the, the, um, the thing with Hurley, um, what I were had, you doing with, what were you doing with Hurley? Uh, every year they were picking an artist. And, oh, I gotcha. And they, they would pick you once. Yeah. Yeah. And then they would use the designs and stuff like that for um, t-shirts and stuff like that. And then when the whole project's over, they use the, um, the Hurley gallery to give you a show. Hmm. And I remember, I kind of remember this was how many years ago? I remember this a long time ago, but less than 10, right? I don't know. 10. I don't know. I remember this though. But yeah, it was, it was funny yeah. because uh, that, that Hurley show did a lot for me. You know, because uh, my toy, my toy designing, you know, experience came before Hurley. Um, but the toy design that I that I made, it never came into you know reality because the company couldn't um, get the funds or something to put the toy out. You know, um, and that was the uh, um, the singing crooner toy that I have, um, the blue velvet inspired toy, yeah. where the guy singing with the light. Um, and that was stuck in China somewhere. And, uh, so Hurley was just like, give me, give me the ad, the email. And they just put the header of Hurley and Nike there. Um, and then wrote down, you know, Nathan's going to have a show. Uh, we'd really like to put this toy out, you know, and we know that you have it in uh, production. 
And the response was, how many do you need? And I was like, yes. wow. Um, and the toy came out and it was, it was a success. It sold out. Um, that was an amazing toy. I, yeah. I remember that one vividly. Like that one yeah. was like, you know, that was that's how I met 3D Retro, you know, because I was doing the baby tattooville. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, this guy comes up to me and it was just like, here's my card. He's like, You interested in making toys? I'm like, absolutely. And he goes, I love the toy that you made. Mm-hmm. You know, and then next thing you know, I've been doing, you know, I've I made about three, three, three or four toys with them already. All right. Well, you've yeah. done the birds, you've done the boy. Um, what's the the third one that well, the birds, there was four of those birds. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? They're yeah. all different uh, bird suits. And then one of them was like a toxic one, right? Mm-hmm. So they're all different birds. Um, and then and then I did the the, the sitting boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's the one that got, you know, see, the weird thing is, is when, when I, when they were designing that toy, you know, the sculptor was, you know, finished it all and all that stuff. And I was sitting in his office and I remember he just sat there and just went, this is going to get, this is going to get game of the year. Toy of the year, or toy of the year, and I was just going like, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really think anything of it, but next thing you know, the the award ceremony came, and it was like toy of the year, you know, nomination. I was like, this guy really knows what he's talking about, you know? <laughs> wow. Then wait, then wait, what what is the what is the toy of the year thing? I think it's uh, something that Clutter puts together, uh, where it's well, um, how many of those have you won, Luke? Like you're like the guy with like a hundred Oscars or whatever, hundred toy. Of the- I've got about four of them. <laughs> okay so no, but like so um, you got nominated whoa but luke got four. Oh no no <laughs> i'm well, kidding no. I mean, like I, I got them for like, that's amazing possessed from you guys are target and uh, um at least three of them i think. i've got one <laughs> patrick's got the other and then i got the, uh, i got like some kind of a like lifetime achievement award but it's put together by clutter and it's usually See? lifetime that's awesome. See what's well, I mean, like it's not lifetime. It's more like you know, it's kind of like they went back and they looked, <sighs> like you know before like looked at toys that kind of had like made a, a big an impact, quote unquote, impact on the entire like scene. And um, my possessed toy, which came out in two thousand and seven, was um, awarded. You know, given the award, and I never, I didn't even know about these awards. So, <laughs> what? I love that toy. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It, it is a classic. It, Do you get a trophy or something? Do you have like a? Yeah, no way! I was totally kidding. What did you get a trophy, Nathan? I just got a nomination. It didn't win. Oh shit! I thought yours won too. No. What what, what won I'm that year? Happy it got nominated. That's amazing. But what you what won? Do you even know? No, I don't. It was like a beanie baby or a Furby or something. You're just like, oh, Furby. No idea. No idea. <laughs> But yeah, it was just cool. You know, it was just cool that I. Oh wow! What the fuck? Yeah. Oh my god! Wait, so you have three of those or whatever? Yeah, I've got uh, another one that is at Monkey King, and then another one that's at. I can't believe that exists. Holy sh! That's the first time I've ever seen that. Wait, show that on the camera. I don't know if anyone's ever, whoever's at home, if ever you could watch this. I've that never. Seems, that thing seems is that, heavy. Is yeah, that a Pete Fowler toy? What is that? Yeah, it's Pete Fowler. It is Pete Fowler. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, That's really cool. Oh my God. You know, and this is uh, for the collaboration I did with Jason Freeney. And how much did you have to pay for that? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, they just gave it to me. But, That's uh, amazing. Yeah. What the hell? But, I've never seen that in my life. And there must be like a shitload of those out there, right? Or at least. 
there's a handful of them. Like I think they yeah. they they made them for every year up until probably last year. Where oh yeah yeah no, COVID um, COVID that I didn't I've never seen I've not seen that once. That's amazing. Yeah, the, the the newer ones are lighter. They're actually made with vi- out of vinyl rather than out of resin. So it's still cool, nice, which is nice. Like like that I was oh. I, I forgot how heavy that thing is, but um oh. You know, but I, I didn't I didn't even get nominated for the big boss one. I know. Like, what's up with that? It's, it's all internal politics. You're just not like, you know. Oh, I didn't donate money. I didn't the, buy enough. Oh, I didn't buy enough ads in Clutter Magazine. Buy enough ads in Clutter Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oops. Didn't 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 buy that full page ad. I'm I actually sorry. Ben should do some cool. kind of uh, some kind of like decon award thing. But like. You know, I agree. That's another, I agree. That's for another conversation. Uh, or they could do a different style one. I don't know. No, well, yeah. I mean, like this, like a best. And it'll be all. Show. It'll be all political again. It'll be like, oh, it's not a three D retro toy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Well, you know, yeah. you have all, everyone at their booths gets an, gets a chance that's to cool. be to in, like, you know, like nominate something. You know, to be you know you know part of to be considered for an award. Be cool, you know. Luke, how did you get into the whole game of uh designing toys and things like that? Um, I think well, I started when I started painting and when I after moving to Los Angeles, I remember discovering the Kid Robot uh website. And back then, before it, it wasn't like really a kid robot centric website, it felt like it was like an archive, almost like a catalog of like all these like various designer toys, like, you know, it was pre Dunny. It was, it was like, you know, the key um, by toy to R the, you know, Michael Lau stuff, um, the early Labbit designs by Frank Kozik and the Gary Baseman toys and Tim Biscop stuff, you know, from a long time ago. I remember the Tim Biscop. I picked those up just because they were just so cool looking. Yeah. No, Tim- so I guess I was kind of a collector before I even knew what, what this whole craze was. No, no, it, it all like, like, you know, like came like it, it all kind of proceeded like the it, it all kind of fueled the first rush in you know the early 2000s and i i think like you know seeing these things like my my artwork has was always kind of inspired by the you know that aesthetic and so i kind of feel like i created paintings with the idea that they could also be translated into toys um you know and was that was that always in the back of your mind then like to have that kind of not always but because you know if you design something in a way that's that can't be made you know no not i mean like not really but some like but like i'll look back at my semi paintings go oh this would be a great painting oh this Mm. would be a great painting because for example uh you know like for example giant robot the name of giant robot kind of i had it in mind hey I can make t-shirts that say Jaren Robot on it. it would be cool, right? <laughs> like I had it in mind, like there are things that I can do with that name. If you call myself something else, I'd be like, no, it won't work, right? So mm-hmm. that was always in the back of my mind. It was Jaren Robot's something. a great fucking name. There's a lot of people like just waiting for, like just nipping at your heels to like take over like the brand, I think. Not uh, your brand, but just to take over the name. And just- I, I have the URL for another decade or century or something. I'm not sure. Seriously, the URL. I think I have that for a long time. Nice, nice. but yeah, it, well, it's weird. Like, um, or, yeah, uh, the um, yeah, the the toy thing is is interesting because, like, around two thousand, around the time the time of the recession, two thousand seven through two thousand and nine or ten, like, 
all of it just kind of went crashing down with like the the economy but like the um then like this entire like like um what are they funko pop thing kind of started happening and you know it was these little like cute little like oh what year was that though like maybe 2013 or something i'm it wasn't 2007, right? No, it started, I think it started around 2008, 2009. Oh, wow. But like, I think it really but, picked up steam when the economy started recovering in around 2011, maybe 2012. Gotcha. Around there. And suddenly, like, this new kind of kawaii collector culture thing kind of um, came into being. Like, people were, like, wanted to buy, like, small little things and, um you know, express their, you know, I guess their personalities that, 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 that like, you know, helped like, you know, people share in the, you know, fan culture of like pop culture, like, like you're a big Marvel person. So you buy all the Marvel ones or you're a big freaking you know, DC person. So you buy all the DC, you know, Funko pops and, you know, I kind of a long time ago I predicted that like this entire Funko thing is going to eventually transform back into a, a art toy collector thing simply because of the fact that a lot of people were taking Funkos and customizing them and it's that custom culture that kind of merges art and you know toy cultures together and people being really interested in all that that kind of you know you know, assume people like will lean more to the art side rather than the, the than the Funko side, and it happened. Like people are still buying fucking toys. It's kind of amazing. I mean, so how, Eric, people, how how would young artists? You know, here goes the educator in me. Mm-hmm. How, yeah, how how would young artists get into that business? I mean, what what are some of the criteria to that? I mean, do they have to have some kind of following? Do they have to have some kind of identity? Some kind of brand? Um, will I mean, companies take a chance with somebody new? I mean, how well, does that first work? by going and getting on the forums, right? Like finding places where people who are interested in that kind of stuff congregate, you know, and then like, you know, you can start by like customizing is probably the easiest way to get into it because you already have a platform that you could work with. You can like, you know, repaint it and you know, um, like resculpt it. Resculpt it by adding things with like various different kinds of like materials, like magic sculpt. You know, which is a two-part polymer clay, or which you know is it's really tough when it when it cures. And um, you can you know, or you know, and then like there's different ways of reproducing these things, like um, resin casting which is, you know, you could do out of your garage. You could buy kits for resin casting at a fucking Michael's, you know, um, and- I think it's just getting getting your stuff out there, but actually having it in 3D is a good idea. Unless, I always think, I mean, if you have the design of an idea of the decade and somebody will bite on it, maybe, right? <laughs> but otherwise, I think having a following is important if someone's gonna put tens of thousands of dollars into a project- you know, it would help that if you have a following that they'll know that it has a good well, chance of selling. That's the thing. Like, you know, people like don't have to realize like, that like toy toy production is expensive. It is like, you know, when you when you when you're fucking like, you know, like, you know, like the reason why these collectibles are freaking like 40, 60, 80 dollars a piece is because 
they cost like a bunch to fucking manufacture and have shipped, you know, and like and, and shipping is killer, man. It's like you're like, oh, I got a good price on it. OK, yay. All of a sudden you're like shipping and you're like, oh, shipping's going to make it expensive. You know, some of them, like, some of them actually are hand painted. Yeah. I think they're all almost unless it's Tampa, specifically Tampa. It's all fucking hand painted. Yeah. You know, like that is uh, like like maybe like I like like eye details are Tampa printed, but like most of them are freaking like, you know, hand airbrushed. You know, yep. and um, you know, even the mini, oh, even shocking. small figures. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. even like or even like some like those like expensive as Japanese dolls that people can buy. Like they they have like like metal masks that clamp around like the appendage that they're they're painting and like what's just the openings in there and they'll sit there with an airbrush and like you know it's, it's and fast, huh? Yeah, and there it's it's yeah. Yeah, it's it's an intensive process. It's not cheap. Dude. Takashi Murakami told me, like, when he went to to a factory in China to see them making toy figures that he was going to, you know, he was going to make the small ones that he did. Mm -hmm. He said that they were people, children. No, I mean, people. He didn't say children. But they had brushes in their hands like this, but like multiple, you know, like in between each finger. So they're painting an object going, then they just move to the next brush. And each one had a different color, right? So they're sitting there going, ding, and then next brush, and then next brush. So, like, their hand had a bunch of brushes in them in one. It's amazing. That's so they're just like painting that. details in, you know? Isn't that crazy? Can you do that, do that at school? Really? Yeah, when you're painting with the oils, because you know every brush had its own color, so you would you would just have them in a fist, you know, all sticking out like this. So you just pick up one and paint, put it back in there, and then do this. Oh, yeah, but in China they don't even they just leave it in their hand and they hold the toy and go. Arr! Isn't that crazy? Really? Yeah, that's what he said they do. He said he couldn't believe it as that's a. Yeah, he said that, and they have you know little fine brushes and eat between in their knuckles. Just yeah, wow, that's hard to do. Crazy, that's, right? That's, that, yeah. that's probably a lot of muscle memory right there. And like, he was just saying how amazing he was. Just like, oh my god! Like he told me this whole story, and he couldn't believe it. But you know, and maybe amazing. they were children, like little kids. No, I'm kidding. They weren't little kids. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. very very amazing. But uh, yeah, and uh, I, I think yeah, if you could get an artistic following, then you could probably get the attention of, you know, like Monkey Kings or 3D Retros or you know any of the other yeah. toy producers out there. But I do think there is a graveyard of toys that have been made that are just still in boxes sitting there, it, aging and aging and aging. Right? There is that that was, we don't know about that. But it was called DKE back in the day. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of uh, shit talking right now, but like, oh, you mean just that's where people would send it? The, like DK to, Dove used to ha do distribution to like around the. I think it was if not the 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 continental North America. Nah, it's around. I think it's around the world, really. Yeah, yeah he did around the world. the world, and you know, and like some toys just wouldn't do well, and they'll just sit there. You know, and people oh, it's not, that's not that's not an indictment on him at all. That's no, that's, that's he's just he's just a distributor trying to sell stuff that nobody wants. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. You know, the, the, the companies would like and he would I remember Dove would like buy like all kinds of crazy dead stock. Um, like, you know, um, there was this company that did like the Yosha Tominara, um, like like the, the the motorized like the dog oh, and, Bozart it was called Bozart or serial art yeah a serial art um like I remember like when Doug, oh I know what you're just gonna get to yeah. go for it yeah he no he just bought like a ton of 
serial are dead stock and like yep. Marcel Zama. I got all the Marcel Zama figures yeah. that way. Yeah. I was so stoked. I was and know. everyone right now is listening, going, "Who who's Marcel Zama?" <laughs> right there, there's. It's true, right? He kind of. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like he's. So do you think a lot of these collectors yeah. are collecting it just for the rarity of the toy, or or there's there are huge fans of that particular art combination art of both? Yeah. Yeah. Combinations of both. That's what I'm saying. I think some of the things that got made, maybe, and not in Marcel Zama's case, he was well known, but some of the artists maybe that made figures, just like nobody knows who they were or are, and then those figures kind of still sit in a warehouse. I think you know, mm. it exists. There's a lot of it. Yeah. So. There, I mean, that's the stuff that we sort of don't hear, but we do see amazing toys out there, though. Mm-hmm. Like, your stuff came out. Nathan was awesome. The birds came out. They were rad. Luke's stuff's rad. But for every one of those, you know, and this is more advice for your students kind of a thing, they should know that there's a ton that got made that somebody lost their shirt on, you know? Yeah. So it's really hard for them to get started. They just That's what I think. They have to, if they're really, like, not well-known, they've got to make something and cast it themselves try to get something made to really show a proof of concept i guess you know that they can make something that looks rad and see if it'll it'll uh, get traction right yeah. see, ideally if you have a big following then it's like oh no brainer like oh let's do it right right because yeah. even something bad might sell <laughs> you know for that matter so it's something good even better yeah it, I, would, it might... I would think i would think there has to be like a strong brand the artist has you know it helps, I a think. A very specific look, you know, um, you know, something eye-catchy and, you know, automatic, you know. I mean, if you see, you know, you see a white bear from, a, you know, you know, from the distance of the back room, you know, it's Luke, right? Just like the two bears we see back there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, right there. It's just automatic, you know. It's, 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 it's really quick to read, you know. Yeah. You know, it's just like even your stickers, you know, it's it's a very simplistic you know thing, but the shape itself, you know, and you see the bear shape, it's just like that's that's Luke. Well, yeah. style and and you know, design are are tricky, right? Like, you know, and then and then there's like also a, an issue of stick to itiveness to it, right? Like to like you know like because like don't don't you feel like a lot of artists just want to like self-destruct and like you know like take everything they built up and you know trash it you know they do they do that don't they (laughs) i've seen artists that happen well like have you ever i mean well as from a gallery's perspective too uh if i'm working with an artist you know like and i'm selling their art or i want to make a zine with them or a book or whatever (laughs) oh yay my sticker yay this is automatic you yeah. see this? this yeah. Is- but you'd hope the artist keeps going. And, you know, like if they change everything on a dime, you're going to be stuck with stock of their old work, right? There's that too. Well, like, you know? I mean, like, the, I, I, I remember a long time ago kind of like thinking to myself, like the way it should work, at least for like a, a guy like me, is it should evolve. Everything should evolve slowly in a way so that people who are following, who've been following you from the long term will feel like it's evolving with them as well. Right? Like, yeah, um, I I love that. That's true. You know, like to to suddenly drop everything and start over again is just, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think it's a bold idea, but like, and you know, if you have the means to do it, then, you know, go for it. But 
I've seen artists that maybe drew fine, detailed work, or at least tried to, like your work, Nathan, sort of like it. Artists that were doing that, then all of a sudden, I'm now going to turn into like a loose, really loose, you know, style of an artist, right? They they decided on a dime. I'm I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to now paint with a wide brush only, <laughs> you know? Have you ever seen, I mean, I've seen that where I'm like, whoa, like it, the art is completely different overnight. It, it's really wild to see that when that happens. I've only seen it a few times, but when I've seen it, I'm like, always like, oh my gosh, right. you know? Yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had I've had <laughs> so many like like real serious conversations about like just art in general, and it's just it's 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 a never ending you know conversation, right? <clears throat> but the the most recent one I had, we we're on the phone for like four hours, you know, and it was just like I was just tripping out because we were just going over like, what, what do you call these movements that that you know are happening right now as artists? You know, it's just like, where do you, where do you, you know, where do you fit in in, in that, that, you know, the, 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 the isms, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that's the thing that's, that's just always a big question mark, right? Because there's always high art and there's going to be maybe a lesser, you know, kind of art. And then there's going to be, you know, whatever. It's like, everybody's trying to like coin some kind of phrase to put it under, you know, and it's just like, it's always going to be the, you know, the big question that, you know, whenever I get you know, interviewed, <clears throat> one of the questions that will always be asked is, where do you categorize yourself in? It's like, oh, God, here we go. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know well, well, I mean, like, is that really for you to say? You like, know, are you, are you lowbrow? Are you, you know, whatever? And I'm just like, I'm a, I'm a painter. You know, let's just call it that. You know, I paint, you know, um, is this, is this so confusing, you know? Well, yeah, I, I think like I used to take major issue with the 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 title lowbrow or the 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 genre, the the name of lowbrow, simply because of the fact that I always associated lowbrow. I mean, like like I, I always kind of feel. I, I mean, from my understand that the the label lowbrow came from the Robert Williams book, the lowbrow art of Robert Williams, and you know Robert Williams's work and like the work of a lot of his colleagues, like, you know, was rooted in this like pinstriping and um, like very, you know, like Americana kind of, um, you know, aesthetic, you know, hot rods, uh, diner culture, you know, and stuff like that. And um, I, I never felt like, you know, my work had any of that, um, those elements, you know, in there. I had no, like, I don't find any of that nostalgic. I don't find any of that even remotely interesting. So like, why am I, you know, how is it that my work, you know, fundamentally, like, uh, you know, like doesn't even like line up with any of that. And then pop surrealism, like just like those two words there are so like, a cringy to a certain degree just because of the fact that like surrealism is this movement that like you know this this mid-20th century movement that like freaking like had manifestos written you know for it you know pop art you know like i'm not fucking like taking pop culture element uh, you know elements 
and fucking like you know reappropriating them and as a commentary about fucking america about our society you know so like how is this fucking pop surreal you know just because it's trippy like ooh, like I'm, but, but you you do do memes <laughs> i do i love you you're I, reinterpreting memes <laughs> You know, I just learned that, like, you know, the, the insult tears um, uh, drawing. I just learned that his name is Wojak. Whoa. Okay. I should have named that piece, you know, Wojak. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I love, I don't know about you, um, Nathan, but, you know, like the internet is a fun place to, 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 to run around. And those memes I feel like they're like the latest in like communicative art, visual art in, you know, and um, I am, I'm constantly like loving what I see. Um, and so I, I incorporate a lot of that stuff into my work. Like, um, let me see, like I did the Popcat one, I've done Popcat, I've done the Buff Doge, I've done Wojak. I've done um, um, always has been like all these like weird memes that like speak to me. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to fucking put it into my fucking work somehow. And I, I think I like to think that it's making me like a 21st century artist. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, what artists do you like? Or is there anybody that you're, you always check out that you enjoy? Good. Hello? <laughs> he heard me. I'm thinking. <laughs> okay okay it's it's impossible to ask that question it's just like saying what's your favorite punk rock band no yeah. bad, bad brains yeah bad brains yeah it's just, it's just black, black flag yeah yeah very easy yeah. very easy yeah minor threat if yeah were, that's if you were deserted on a big boys island, yeah you know what is that what is that one cd you're gonna have or music my bloody valentine loveless no problem oh wow i can't yeah. i can't answer that you know what's my bloody valentine loveless thank you What's your what's your what's your one movie that you would bring with you? Rushmore. Wow. See, I couldn't answer any of those questions. I mean, there's so oh. many. You know, there's so many artists. You know, that are well, no, no, like, well, I think the 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 the, uh, the what we're asking is like, who are, who have you been kind of checking out? Like, who like has anything caught your eye? That's caught in my eye. Uh. <laughs> wow. Sorry, sorry, Nathan. I had, I had answers to all those things. You're putting me on the spot here, you know. I mean, no, no, it's not. I, I love, we're not I love, asking you. No. We're not asking you whether or not they're good or not. We're just asking right. you, like, you know, what, like, like, are you just like mostly kind of focused in on like the students that you're you're um, teaching, or like, are there like, you know, like, did you go see the Yoshitomo Nara show at like, you know, Lakma, which wasn't a great show, if you ask me. Well, I mean, you know, as far as as far as like a. Um, you know the art in this genre that that we're you know kind of talking about i mean you know there's always todd shore that whatever he does just blows me away yeah. you know awesome chris mars i think is just amazing you know with his paints you know um also an amazing drummer for replacements right, right? um but i mean you know you know uh, scott musgrove right um i haven't uh, seen scott another... musgrove in a long like, i've seen some of his sculptural stuff but like I haven't seen like he was like so hot in like the early 2000s and then he right. just kind of like you know like I, I often wonder what happens to, right. to 
Um, yeah, even Command Z. I mean, uh, you know, you know, I follow him, and I just love seeing you know whatever he puts out. You know, um, so it, yeah. As, as far as contemporary, it's kind of like asking me who's my favorite band now. I don't really have any favorite bands now. It's all from the past. You know, I think I think I've gotten that old, you know, to the point where I'm just I don't you know, I'm not really listening to anything new, you know, mm. um, and it's kind of like that with art. You know, it's it's you know, I do see what's coming up, you know, but it's it's, uh, you know, a lot of the classics, I think, still, you know, you know, hit me. You know, um, one thing I think there's a big misunderstanding with me is <clears throat> a lot of people, you know, they see my work. Um, they see the way that I teach and all they think is all they want to see from me is, you know, rendered. you know, Mr. Oda doesn't care about anything unless it's rendered, you know, and, and, and to me, that's bullshit, you know, um, you know, the, it doesn't matter, you know, if something is splattered on a canvas or if something took years to paint, you know, it's, it's, it's what fits your eye. You know, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, then you move on. And there's some yeah. things that, so you walked, when we did the Rakugaki drawing show, there are some drawings that you stopped at and said, oh, this is really good. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, that, that was one I wouldn't think you would like. And you, and I don't think you even knew who the artists were, but you went, oh, this is really good. Right. And yeah, you stopped at a few. And I was surprised though. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, sometimes it might just yeah. be a drip, you know, that's on there. That's just like so just random, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'll just be so just, you know, crazy about it, you know. Um, <clears throat> I remember... You know, in New York, I, I remember sitting in front of a Pollock and, and, and like an hour passed and I was still sitting there just staring at it, you know? Um, there's something about it that just draws me to it, you know? Rothko, I don't know what it is about Rothko, but I'll sit in front of a Rothko piece and I'll just go, just be amazed, you know? I don't know what it is. It's just, you know, it, it, it just all depends, you know? It's, it's whatever fits my fancy, you know? Yeah. I dig the Rothko as well. Like if I see in a museum, I don't know like how I'd feel if I, if I saw a copy, would I even know? I'm not sure, but I do like it. When I see in a museum, I'm always like, oh, I like it. But I think it's because it's daring. It's just a bunch of color bars kind of, right? Rough, it's, you know? it's also funny too, because whenever I go to a yeah. museum, you know, it's just like, you know, for me, it's almost like eating. It's just like, I'll start putting the portions that I want to save for like the most enjoyment later. You know, and then all the like the vegetables and stuff, I'll put it over here and I'll just start eating up real quick, you know, and I'll save all the good stuff for last. And I see myself doing it that in museums, you know, because, you know, I remember at the road, I remember I was walking and there's this long hallway corridor and there's nothing on the walls and there's a Chuck Close way on the back, you know, and I passed by it and I and I glanced at it and I quickly turned away and I just kept on watching everything else because I wanted to see everything else. And then go right to the Chuck Close and just be like this in front of the painting, you know, and just start, you know, just having fun, just looking at all this information in there, you know? Mm. Wow. Cool. You know? Wow. But I love that. The, the interesting thing about art, you know, to me, you know, and I try to tell all my students this as well, it's like, it's, it's, it's a fucking time machine. You know, you go to the museum, you're in a time machine. You know, it's like, you can look at a Van Gogh painting and you can see bristles stuck inside the, the the oil paint you know and then you start thinking it's like that's fucking a bristle in you know uh um, in van gogh's brush at least you know it's just it's just that just blows me away that whole idea blows me away so luke purposely just get them scissors cut them bristles out <laughs> bury them in your paintings they every painting buried in my right. paintings 
whether I like him, like them right. to or not. <laughs> well, even even like a Jackson Pollock, if you see his footprint on there, you're just like, that's like archaeology. That's cool. Right yeah. You know, it's just like that's him. It's cat hair. Cat hair gets into a lot of art. I notice there's a lot of cat hair. Like I look at a painting, I'm like, I see cat hair in there. Not Jackson Pollock, but just ones that are at GR2. Actually, sometimes there was a uh, 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 what's his name? Um, oh my god, why am I blanking on his name right now? Um, does those uh, inflatable? Uh, does the balloon animals? Um, you know the, the famous. Yeah, famous guy who's really expensive. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm blanking on the name. Yeah. Um, balloon animal guy. Giant yeah. sculptures of balloon animals. Somebody, Someone somebody. Help us out. Someone help us out. Somebody help it's, us out. It's on the tip of my tongue too, but I just can't. I just can't have it come <laughs> up. I blame. Oh uh, no, not not Tom Sachs. Um, I forgot. And famous guy, super famous super guy, fucking famous, like 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 top ten living artist famous. Yeah, fucking oh my god, why is why is this happening to me? Coons, Coons, Jeff Coons. Like I remember um at at the lock uh, at the Lachma, you know um, and they had a you know like one of the top floors is a bunch of Jeff Coons stuff, and they had like this gigantic they have those gigantic um paintings that look like kind of bad photoshopish kind of stuff because it was you know made in the like latter 20th century or something like that but if you look really closely like you could see the occasional you know brush bristle like like embedded in the paint and wow like ah uh, like okay so it was all hand painted that's crazy and, wow um, yeah those those kind of things those little physical things that i think just blow me away you know every time i look at art you know, um, you know, maybe you see a fingerprint in there or a smudge and you can see a little remnant of a finger, you know, fingerprint, you know, that's that's left in there from the paint. I mean, that kind of stuff is just it just blows me away because it's just so, you know, connected to to to, you know, you know, us, you know, people, you right. know, whereas, you know, you don't really quite get that when you look at a computer image or in this day where everything is just 3D and computerized and stuff like that, you don't get that sense of hand to you know um canvas or hand to board right. you know kind of kind of surface you know idea you know mm -hmm. which is probably going to take us to the next subject of nfts right <laughs> now i was going to save that conversation for jeff soto if we get him on the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like oh no I don't, I don't have any i haven't minted any nfts i know eric's minted an nft with um david horvath yeah yeah horvath. Um, what, yeah. what does it what does it actually stand for? Non fungible non token. Token. So it's Wait, a non fungible token, which means it is a you know like it has a digital like fingerprint to kind of indicate that this is the authentic article, you know, um, kind of like a COA. Uh, or a certificate of of authenticity. Um, uh, well, I have a feeling this this conversation this 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 topic is just never ending. You know, um, you're it's just right now. It, yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. I think if you're if you're making money off of it, good for you. You know, um, I've thought about it, um, uh, but I'm really kind of like 
picky about like what I want to have minted. Oh, let's make a robot in the bear one. Okay. Okay. Well, here's okay. a question. Here's a question for you. Makes sense. Yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah, okay. There, there, there are a lot of if there are a lot com, of believers in NFTs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, will it devalue the actual art? No. You don't think so? No. No. I don't know why. Why would it? Why would it? Like, um, it's uh, it's just another. I mean, like, does doing prints devalue artwork? To some people, it does. Fuck those people. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't make sense. I mean, Murakami's prints, for example, don't affect its original I, value. No, of it, I, I don't think. I, I actually and think that like, of, my prints up the value of my original because, yeah. like, you know, now, like, it's it's a, the demand is high enough that people are willing to buy reproductions of it. Yeah, that makes that, sense. And the person who owns it has the fucking real deal. Right there with all the fucking hair, dust, spit, because there's usually a lot of spit mixed in with my paints. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and fucking, cat hair. You know, like, yeah, cat hair and whatever that is, like, you know, embedded into that paint. But also, um, even on the smaller scale, you know, compared to like a painting, for example, we sell prints by Cassia, who works at the store. They're $15 for a five by seven, uh, open, you know, open edition. Right. And, um, I think the other day, and I can't remember, I was like showing it, you know, I was just on a stream going, look, these, there's just some red prints and they're really inexpensive. And somebody commented, I have the original of that. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that's awesome. Like it's to me worth so much more than, um, what you probably paid for it to me, you know, like mentally, cause I, I see the prints all the time and I'm like the original, there's just one. You know, that is the one that gave birth to these prints that are, there's a shitload of them. So no, it means, it always means more. It would never mean less, I don't think, unless the prints were shitty. That's the thing is that like, you know, original artwork, you know, you have the medium, watercolor, graphite, um, acrylic oil, you know, aerosol, whatever. Like it'll never compare to the original one. The original one, like, you know, even as the original ages, potentially discolors, you know, oxidizes, etc. Like that is still part of the painting. That is still part of the process of that piece of artwork exist- existing. You know, meanwhile, a print, a reproduction is a reproduction. Now, the problem with um nfts right now is that like you get it you buy a, a jpeg with an nft you know like um you know uh blockchain atta- um, extension to it like it's still going to look like any other fucking jpeg you know of the same work you take a fucking screenshot of that shit and fucking it's like you know you got it there it is it's, you know looks good um that that's a little bit problematic, but like I, I remember, like I was on Clubhouse, and that's what Clubhouse, Clubhouse, <laughs> um, and that's what everyone was talking about on um, uh, there for a while, and like they were talking about like incorporating like some kind of software so into like the image files so that they change with time. Whatever, oh wow! You know, like. You know, and it's possible 
because that's just the the like you could do that with digital files now you know if you have a digital file that like you know or is the images the the, the quality of the image decays after like 50 years or something like that you know or or maybe it changes yeah you said changes colors like you're a bear all of a sudden becomes a rainbow bear after two years right rainbow bear but it's like a uh an ever slow gif animation or something you know it's just like there's probably programming you could put in. There's I'm sure. I don't know anything. That will, it, that, that will actually probably change the quality of the JPEG over time. Sure. So like it, or self-destruct. Yeah. yeah self-destruct. You could do that too. No, and unless you put – unless you pay the royalty. Pay the royalty or I'll self-destruct. <laughs> pay the royalty to Luke Chu or else that's going to disappear. Delete. Having, like, I mean, you could have like, screenshots of what it was. It looked like in the beginning. But like, but it won't that, be the original one. But, no, but, dude. Yeah, but to know that the original one is designed to fall apart or to tra- to change with through time. Didn't Banksy do this? I don't know. Oh, no, he did that with a real piece of art. Yeah. yeah. He put it with the shredder. Like a non-digital piece of art, let's just say. I guess digital art's still real, but yeah, physical, physical, well, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, 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 yeah. We had a cap an hour forty five. People don't listen to this shit for fucking an hour and a half. Oh, I think we lost a bunch, but yeah, it's okay. You know, but like you know, you know, Nathan, like you have a lot to say, and there's so much more that I would love to, like to talk to you about. Well, that means that means we'd have Nathan on as a guest again. Yes, <laughs> again, right? Yeah. yeah. Nathan, would you would you be willing to do future episodes of Robot and the Bear? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this. I mean, Zoom just makes everything easy, right? It, yeah. it does. But I mean, I'm looking forward to the day where we can be able to, like, you know, do it face to face and then grab a bite afterwards. Oh, Nathan, doesn't that make you? So just so you know, everybody in the world, if you want to know Nathan Ota, or if you're friends with Nathan Ota, involve food. It changes everything. Yeah, look, look, look how excited he is. Look, it's the same. Look at how like you know, if you if you want to like you know like be friends with me, invite me to a meal, preferably a good one. There you go. Because <laughs> even for Nathan, it's like I got to drop off this thing. Do you want to have lunch? I got to drop off this thing. Do you want to have dinner? Oh, you got to come pick it up. Want to have dinner? It's like I, I, I was every thinking, time I'm always like, I'm going to plan this now. Drop it off at five or five thirty or six. There's dinner possibly, <laughs> you know, or lunch. Uh, make sure it's like 12 or one, not at three, you know? Yeah. Very clever. Smart. I like it. That's food smart. makes everything beautiful. It certainly does. Yeah. It certainly it does. does. That's uh, that's the, the best part about, you know, being out in the West, going out to the West side. It's just like, there's the go to giant robot and there's a, there's like, a list, a list of things to eat. And, and then you come out to my side of the neck and- And that's you know, a crazy oh, list. It, it's and Koreatown, right? Koreatown and amazing, oh man. If you come out to my side of the town, a crazy fucking list if you want Chinese food. It's, um. oh yeah, I got Chinese food down. Japanese, Chinese, and Korean. Yeah. There you go. Yay. Yay. Yeah, like, you know, like with Nathan, we ate well. That was awesome. Anyways, let's wrap this up. And then, All righty. <laughs> you know. what, what do you, what do you, you got to leave everybody with, Nathan, for this yeah, it, short it, it, interview? Advice that you would give to an art student or an artist, you know, like how do you like end your class, the, 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 the term 
you know, with your, with your students? Is there a piece the, of advice? The, only, the, the main thing that I'm always saying is, you know, if you're, you know, doing art for the money, you're, you're in it for the wrong business. You know, um, you know, regardless if you're making money or not, you should be just, you know, you know, for me, <clears throat> regardless if I was, you know, working for a company or, or selling at a gallery, I would still be doing art regardless if I was making money or not. You know, um, I think it shows in the work, you know, so, you know, love what you do. You know, that's just simple, plain and simple. Awesome. Mm. You know, one thing I, I wanted to bring up before we left was there was a, a student of yours uh, who came to the art show. She was obviously, she's not an Otis student. She was, she was an older woman. I mean, older meaning not 20, right? Maybe 40s. I'm not sure. And uh, I, so whenever a person comes in and says that they are a student of yours, Nathan, I usually ask, oh, how's Nathan? Tell the truth, you know, because I know you could be strict. And she said that, um, that the class was amazing. And she said that that class changed her life. At San, for the better, Santa for the worse. Be better. Mm -hmm. Santa Monica College. She just said it changed my life. Like I've done art and I've learned so much and it's changed my life. And I was like, wow, yeah. that that's amazing. One, she said one class did that. I so, had the good fortune go. of uh, sitting in on Nathan's class. Uh, I took, I think it took three of the classes um, that term and it completely changed the way I manage my paints now. Um, and we never went out to eat. I know, I know. It was, <laughs> I know. What was up with that? Was, you know, like by the time they, the class is over, it was just like, well, I mean, you, you had a lot of other things going on with you at the time too. I know that. So, yeah. but like, you know, it was. But you know, we should definitely like eating is definitely. But yeah. No, anyways, the class definitely was very transformative for me. Wow. I mean, I, I, I think I'll, I'll end with this. But I think as far as, <clears throat> as far as teaching is concerned. <clears throat> one of the main things that I'm, I'm always hearing is, you know, you, you know, you tell it like it is, you know, I, you know, I don't want any sugar coating, you know, or things like that, you know, and it's about, you know, you know, knowing what to do to make your stuff better, you know, um, and it's just one opinion, right? And that's the beauty of taking all kinds of art classes, because you get all kinds of different opinions, right? Um, and it's, it, and, you know, criticism sucks, you know, who, you know, you know, if I was walking around and someone, you know, kept on telling me you're ugly and everybody kept on telling me I'm ugly, it would suck, mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, you know, art school is kind of like a whole different breed where you're getting a bunch of people going, you suck, you suck, you suck, you know, that, that's, but that's what's, I think that's good. Though. Isn't that helpful? Ultimately, I don't know if it breaks you down, but I've, I've had, I mean, you could tell who hasn't gone to art school. They can't handle criticism. You know, like they didn't go to art school. They didn't get that. So then you say something negative about their art and they, they get defensive as all hell. It's really weird. Well, my, yeah, so, my favorite, you know? my favorite was, was uh, um, being in the elevator at Otis and um, this one student of mine walked in and he was just kind of, his head was down. I'm like, so how are you doing? And he goes, I just had a crit with blah, 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 blah. You know, and I was just like, oh, really? How'd it go? And he goes, it was brutal. And I go, <laughs> what, what did he say? And he goes, I've seen... I've seen uh, I've seen elementary school kids drawings better than yours. Wow. wow. And he started and, 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 and this is the thing is he started laughing. Right. Uh -huh. And and I was just like, going, he said that. And he and, and the student started laughing and he just goes, you know what? He was right. You know, and, wow. and I was just like, OK, this kid understands it. You know, it's just like, yeah, 
you know, get better, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, uh, you know, it, it, it takes, it's, it's all kinds of different things, you know, but I mean, when I was in school, yeah, I've had people pointing fingers at me all the time and it sucked, you know, <clears throat> but it just kept on motivating me to just, you know, work harder, you know, um, not to just please the teacher, but, you know, please myself, you know, but also, you know, one teacher might love it and another teacher might hate it. Right. It's just, it's all opinions. Right. Yeah. On that note, on that note, work harder, accept criticism, use it to work harder. And how can people get a hold of you, yeah. Nathan Oda? Is it Nathan T. Oda? Oh, wait, I'm going to wait. What's the phone number? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Like Instagram. Your, what's your social Instagram's media? Instagram's probably the easiest. Instagram, yeah. Nathan T. Ota. Not Nathan Ota, but Nathan T. Ota. Yeah. That T, T. stands for <laughs> what? Toast. Toast. Okay. Anyway. Um You're not on the I guess you're not on uh TikTok. I guess you're not on um No. <laughs> I don't understand Anyways. any of that stuff. Sorry. It'll be okay. Okay. Instagram is good. So thanks a lot for uh joining with us, man, and uh I'll see you really soon. Like soon soon. And you too, Luke. See you soon. Cheers, guys. Yeah. yeah. Are you do you have an ending song for us, Luke? No. Oh, oh. It's, it has to happen. Like, oh. I just wanted to plant the seed for next time. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody, thank you so much. Uh, have a good one. Cheers. Thanks, man. See ya.